Welcome to a preview of round nine on NRL.com. I'm your host, Chris Kennedy. Alicia Newton is with me as always. Alicia, thank you for being here. Let's do it, round nine. And uh, it's our very great privilege this week to welcome special guest, uh, former Maroon star, uh, Broncos, South Roosters, uh, Titans, Eels, I've forgotten one, Storm maybe. Uh, Chris Walker is with it. Chris, uh, Chris Walker, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. And there's a number of clubs there that I could have rattled off too as well. So <laughs> I've got a very, very long list. It's going to say we've only got a half-hour podcast. We've got to keep it tidy. Um, for, for viewers who can uh, potentially hear a bit of uh, ambience behind you, the the occasional uh, truck whizzing past, do you want to just explain uh, what you're doing while we're talking to you? Yeah, I've decided to take on a uh, bit of a challenge. I mean, uh, playing playing rugby league was a was a uh, was a big enough challenge, and I've been retired now for for uh, ten years, going on ten years. So. I've got a uh, working with a new platform called Fund My Challenge, and uh, we came up with a hero challenge to do. And uh, I was talking to one of my mates who did it 15 years ago. He walked from Cairns to Redcliffe, and I live on the Gold Coast, so I thought, well, I might as well walk from Cairns to the Gold Coast. So um, yeah, I started last Monday, the 26th of, uh, of April, and and uh, we're about 50 k's uh, where, uh, north of of Townsville at the moment. We're making some pretty good progress. That's outstanding, mate. Um, sorry, Alicia, you're you go. Right You're walking right now as we speak, eh? Yeah, I'm walking. I've got um, – it's day 10 today. And, um, yes, I am walking as I'm talking to you guys, uh, review, reviewing round nine uh, from the side – from the shoulder of the Bruce Highway, 50 k's north of, uh, of Townsville. So, uh, very much appreciate you guys Let me come on and have a chat with you guys. Well, it's certainly our pleasure. Uh, stay safe. We don't want any mishaps uh, in the middle of the podcast or, or not in the podcast for that matter. I've <laughs> just had another one go past now. Um, let's talk some footy. I know you, we don't have you for the full half hour, so we'll uh, we'll stick to a few of your specialty areas. And I wanted to start off with a, a young fellow who's currently running around in the NRL who shares your, uh, your last name, who's uh, been grabbing a few of the headlines of late. Um, what can you tell us about uh, young Sam and the, the stunning start he's made to his NRL career? Yeah, it's um, yeah, my little nephew, little Sammy. He's um, he's forging his own career in the NRL at the moment, which is very nice to see. And uh, he's got a couple of nephews and, and and brothers that will may may follow suit in time. But he um, yeah, he he's one hell of a talent. He's a, he's a really he's a really down to earth. Amazing, like he just doesn't feel pressure. Um, it's it's amazing his attitude and and his stand towards pressure. Like a you know five games in the NRL and he's and he's carving them up. He's playing very good football and um, a lot of the discussion that we've had over the last ten days uh, with people that we run into ask me a lot about him and and then I have Nate pop over my shoulder and tell those guys that Nate his uncle and <laughs> and Sam's his nephew. So. Um, uh, it's a bit of a running joke for what, where we are at the moment, but yeah, he's a, he's a wonderful talent. He's a, he's a good kid, and um, hopefully he stays fit because we'll see a lot of him. I've been lucky enough to interview him a couple of times already uh, this year. Once just um, in the the preseason when there was a bit of attention around him, and then once uh, a week ago when he's obviously a month in and, and taken over from Luke Keary. And I've been struck by just sort of how I guess unflustered he is, both by 
you know, the, the, the rise to NRL and also by the, um, the, you know, the media attention he seems to be dealing with, with us, you know, journalists like a, a seasoned pro at, at the age of 18 while he's out there, you know, I think nine try assists in five games as well. So he's really taking the, the ball by the horns on field as well as off field at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I know that he's in a, in a wonderful, sorry, a big truck goes past. I know <laughs> that he's in a uh, wonderful nursery there uh, for the for the Sydney Roosters. But to be quite honest with you, um, the work that I think that that uh, his uncle Shane and obviously his father Ben have um, have put into him uh, and worked with him in the way that they coach and the freedom that they give him, um, just I think shines the way that Ben and Shane coach and they. You know, he's obviously seen a lot of a lot of the media uh, swarm around players because he's been around football players and he's been around the NRL all his life. Um, you know, even when his dad was playing, and um, Shane, Bennett, Shane, and I came through as well. So um, he's not—it's not new to him, um, but he handles it very well. He handles it really well. I, I, I really enjoy listening to him talk after games. He holds himself um, really well for a kid who's only 18. Um, uh, there is a lot of hype around him and you know, he could get carried away, but he's so grounded. He's got, he's got a very, very good team, a very good family around him. And I know that you know, people have been saying that it's family bias, but he's doing, he's doing the talking on the field and I'm just backing him up and so is Shane. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, 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 he has been around it for a very long time of his life since he was, ever since he was a kid. You touched on the nursery that he's in and one of the main things we were talking about when I did interview him last week was that he's just really happy with the environment that he's in. He's in a, a club and, and with a coach that's sort of backing him to express himself on the field, play his style of footy, play, you know, obviously he can still sort of, you know, run the team game plan and stick to structure, but he's they're backing him to, you know, to use his, his instincts. I don't know if you want to say too much about the fact that he's at the Roosters rather than the Broncos, but it does seem like he's in the, the perfect environment for, for where he is at the moment. Yeah. Well, I think I, I know that I know that Trent Robinson um, appreciates the way that Ben and Shane coach, and that is telling right now with the way that he's talking to Sam and letting him play his game. You know, Ben and Shane obviously have, have worked with him, Sam, ever since he was a kid, and he still is a kid. Yeah. But you know, under Trent Robinson, he knows he knows his strength, and his strength is back, backyard footy. We call it backyard footy. Everyone else calls it eyes up footy, but. Um, you know, the backyard football is where, you know, you hone your skills, you chip and you chase and you, and you look up and you, you play what's in front of you against the kids in the neighbourhood. That's, you know, that's what we've been doing ever since we were kids and that's what he's been doing with his brothers and, and all around the place. But, you know, on the back of that, going into a club, I was at the Roosters. I know exactly how they run there and um, that professionalism, professionalism of that club is, is second to none. You, you know, right from the top, you look at Nick Politis. He's... He's the man that's running the show and he's a very, very successful businessman um, and that filters down into the team. Mate, he's stolen your walkers on cry as well. How are you feeling about that? Everyone's bringing it no, up again. No, <laughs> no, he hasn't stolen. He's, he's borrowed it for a bit. He's <laughs> borrowed it. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, had a, I had a bit of a laugh about this with my wife, Courtney, and we were talking about it the other day and how many people are saying walkers on now. If, if, I, if I've got to hand it to anyone, I would gladly package it up in a little gold package with a little red bow on the top and give it to him. Um, he can, you know, he can do with it, do what it with his what he wants, um, and hopefully we'll be able to see uh, walkers on back in Origin. So, um, yeah, he can, he can't have it, he can borrow it.
<laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because Courtney and I were having a bit of a bit of a laugh about that the other day. Yeah, I, I saw it on one of the social media posts where they where they did a uh, walkers on call, but it was it was of origin, but it was all of Sam. So um, I don't mind. It's it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I guess we better talk about some actual footy. His uh, his roosters go up against the high flying eels on on Friday night. They had a bit of a, a tough run, obviously. That the Chooks devastating news last week with Bmos and Lindsay yeah. Collins joining uh, Luke Keary on the sidelines. Satili Tupanua suspended this week. You know, Lachlan Lamb still coming back from injury. Um, Tedesco coming back from injury this week. A lot of troops missing. How do you reckon uh, Sam and the boys are going to go up against the eels at Bankwest on Friday? Yeah, it's just another test for the uh, for the Roosters. They've um, you know they've had enough of them this year. Obviously, losing Lamb and and Kiri and now actually, I'll give a shout out to Bmos because yeah, um, that was devastating to see on the weekend. He's a uh, he's the thing is he's not only is he one of the best wingers uh, in the comp, and but he's just a, such a nice bloke, um, very respectful, and for you know for a past player, it was it was sad to see him leave like that also with Lindsay Collins having that injury on the weekend as well but just a big shout out to uh, BMOZ I love you and um, yeah it's um, it was really sad so but it's going to be it's going to be another test and we'll see the depth of the Roosters in this one than the Roosters I'm, I'm imagining with Sam there I do who are you going to lean towards in, in that game that uh, obviously <laughs> you think the Roosters yeah yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it'll be a tough one. Um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go. It's um, they've still got some class players, but I'll um, I'll lean I'll still lean to the Roosters. Um, I think they can still get it done. They got us. I think Lachlan Lamb's been named on the extended bench, so he might come into 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 the equation. Before we let you go, do you have uh, a minute to talk about either the the Tigers Titans game or the Cowboys Broncos game? I've got about 70, 57 days. <laughs> so I've got plenty of time. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. Hit us up with, the, I guess, uh, one of your former clubs, the Titans. They've uh, been a little bit up and down this year. Some really good signs in a couple of backward steps as well. They travel down to, to Campbelltown on Saturday, a ground where they've had a little bit of luck uh, the last few trips, but coming up against a, a Tigers team buoyed by a, a last start win. Yeah, and also too, there's um, there's, a, there's a lot of talk this week about David Fafita only having four runs or something in the first half. So um, we saw, I love David Fafita. I'm a big fan of the way that he plays. Um, just had an off day, and you know when you when the when a champion gets sort of knocked in the media, they they sort of respond the next week. So I'm expecting that um, the Titans will um, yeah will get the win this weekend. Um. The Tigers obviously coming off that win against the Dragons last week. No one sort of expected it. So um, I actually tip the Tigers in this one. I think they're going to get a, on a little bit of a roll on. And Titans, for me, just away from home, they haven't really um, sold me. So I'm, I'm thinking Tigers back-to-back. -back. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing the battle of the number ones. Um, I think AJ, is he, has he been injured? AJ's in the team, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. all right this year. He missed yeah. a chunk of last year, but he's okay at the moment. And 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 Laurie, I love that little um, Dane Laurie. The way that he plays, he's yep. he's very instinctive. Um, he loves having. I love watching young kids come into the into in the first grade, and they um, they love just having the ball in the hands and the enthusiasm that they have. So I'm looking forward to the battle of those two. 
All right, give us your thoughts on the um, the Queensland Derby uh, Cowboys up against the uh, the Broncos. Always uh, a fantastic clash between these two, regardless of where each sits on the ladder. Both showing a few more signs, uh, a few positive signs in recent weeks after a pretty ordinary uh, start to the year. What are you expecting from this one? Well, I'm actually walking into the game with Big Charlie Webb, Big Carl Webb, um, on uh, on on Saturday night. So, um, Big Charlie obviously um, has, has fallen ill. He's got motor neuron disease, and um, yeah, but I think um, yeah, you know, I think the Broncos, the way that they came back last last week, was outstanding. So that that should give them a little bit of confidence this week going into into the Cowboys. But obviously, Cowboys they've had three wins on the trot, so um, you know they're going to be brimming with confidence, as is the Broncos. Uh, it's going to be one of those, I think it's shaping to be one of those derbies that we've seen, you know, in past years where they, where it comes down to the last minute where they win by one point. I think the Bronx, Toddy Payton will kill me that I said that, but I think the Bronx. I was going to say, you probably have a, had a, a bit to do with both coaches, haven't you, over the years? Yeah, I've had a hell of a lot to do with both coaches, very close to both coaches. They're, they're, um, they're good men. They're very nice. They're very, very... Uh, respected guys in the, in the rugby league community and the, in the community, and they're just really good guys. So, yeah, I've had a lot to do with both of them. I was coached by, uh, I was coached by Kevy over at the Catalan Dragons, and um, I also am very close mates with Todd Payton because he lived with me in the house of grass when I was playing for the Roosters when there was five of us: Brad Finch, Anthony Minicello, Mick Crocker, and Toddy Payton. We all lived together. What a house that was! <laughs> I can only imagine the stories if we had a longer, a longer podcast and a uh, a nighttime slot to, to get some out of you. <laughs> yes, if those walls could talk, I think they had to knock the house down when we left. <laughs> Outstanding stuff, uh, mate. You, you touched on um, on Big Charlie Webb. Obviously, um, I think a bit of publicity around his his battles. Is that sort of part of the um, the walk that you, you're doing, finishing up with him? Yeah, it is. Um... I have uh, obviously this new platform, Fund My Challenge, and um, Big Charlie Webb. He's got the the Carl Webb Foundation, and he was a large chunk of the reason why I started doing this walk. Um, Big Charlie, uh, I played for. I've known. I'm 41 years of age. He's 40. I've known him for over 30 years. I played a hell of a lot of football with and against him. Debuted with him for Queensland. When we first started talking about this walk, um, Carl Webb's foundation was set front and centre. But with the platform that we have, you've got to be a DGR registered charity. And when we when we were doing the logistics and had and we had Beyond Blue Alcohol and Drug Foundation rise up and the Global Awakening, they're all DGR registered charities. So we had to use those. But we there will the walk will benefit the Carl Webb Foundation, and it will, and we will do that. We'll do that through the Global Awakening, it being a, um, a charity that obviously can donate to other charities. So that gives me the flexibility, being the ambassador for this walk, to be able to, um, to donate that money that goes into the Global Awakening, um, however much um, myself and Carl Webb decide to, to put forward out of that charity into his charity at the end of the walk. Um, I can't wait for that day from when we sit down and we... We can uh, we can hand the Coldwell Foundation a check of X amount of dollars and and know that the walk will go a long way to helping people understand what motor neurons disease is. So um, yes, I've got a very much a lot of respect for Carl. Um, so I can't wait to see him on Friday. We've got a luncheon for him in, in Townsville when we arrive, and then uh, the Brisbane Broncos and uh, 
the Cowboys have allowed myself and Carl to come onto the field before kickoff and, and talk about both things, what we're doing, which is a really special moment for myself and Carl. And I know that um, he doesn't, he never wanted it, but I know that he's very appreciative. But it's a, it's a fantastic thing you're doing, and it sounds like a, a terrific occasion. Just before we let you go, uh, if there's any listeners who want to get involved, who want to part way with a, a couple of bucks to help the cause, where do they go to? Uh, they just go to www.fundmychallenge.com. There'll be a link in there to my walk, Chris Walker's Walk of a Lifetime, um, and just shows you the um, the, uh, the charities that are on board with my the beneficiaries, like Carl Webb, um, him being a DGA registered charity now. Um, we've sat down with um, him and his directors of, of, of his charity and assured that um, yeah, we're, we're going to be putting out as much as we can out to those guys as well. So something that I'm really proud of and I can't wait to, I can't wait to get to the end of, end of the day or end of the, end of the walk at 57 days and uh, sit down with Charlie and maybe have a cold beer and talk about the walk and talk about the old times again. Mate, the, I don't know if the listeners will be able to tell just how many uh, B-doubles I've seen roaring past your head on this uh, last 10 minutes of the, <laughs> the video call, but we massively appreciate your time. We, uh, we better let you go so you can focus on, uh, on what you're doing. Listen, guys, thank you very much. And thank you very much for the support. I really appreciate it. Um, I really enjoyed the chat. Um, it beats uh, listening to, to Nate Miles talk to me for the last two, <laughs> last 20 minutes. <laughs> and it also gives him a break from me talking to him. So, yeah, it's, um, thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate it. Outstanding. Thanks for joining us, mate. Well, we will uh, tear through the rest of the games now. Uh, after that chat with Chris Walker, Alicia uh, kicks off on Thursday night, the Rabbitohs and the Storm. Very much a... Uh, I guess a top of the table clash, but certainly um, some injury woes for the for the bunnies have them heavy outsiders. What are you expecting from this one? Yeah, I mean, a week ago we were like, oh, I can't wait for this game. You know, it's going to be top of the table and uh, a rematch from that opening round. But now with the injuries galore to South City, they made a few more changes again on Wednesday. Um, suddenly you're sort of leaning towards Melbourne, even though a guy like Ryan Pappenhausen is still missing for another week. Um, so Dean Hawkins will come in at halfback. Um, Cody Walker goes back to fullback, Alex Johnson on the wing. So I don't mind those changes. It sort of seems to be working for them. Um, and Dean Hawkins gets his other opportunity. He had that freak accident in round five with that leg cut after his debut. Popped over the fence to celebrate with his mates and slipped and cut his leg open, apparently. Yeah, so he uh, he only returned last week from that and then obviously did enough to earn a first-grade recall. So I'm interested to see how he goes. But, um, yeah, I think Melbourne... We'll come to Stadium Australia. I think they've put on some points in the last three games that they've been there. And, um, yeah, I'm expecting them to sort of roll on. But, uh, you know, South, you can never rule them out. They're still playing with plenty of uh, fight and they've got a fair bit of depth there to cover. So it'll be an interesting one. It is a tricky one for the Bunnies. I mean, we've seen uh, Cody Walk already a couple of games at fullback, Latrell Mitchell halfway through that suspension. But, I mean, Braden Burns only just back from a, a really long injury layoff um, in the centres, a super talent, but obviously not a lot of footy under his belt lately. Um, you know, Stephen Masters in, hasn't played NRL uh, for a while. Dean Hawkins, I think just his second NRL game. Uh, they lost Cam Murray from the forwards as well. Obviously, Adam Reynolds is gone, which is why uh, Hawkins is starting. So just a, a lot of disruptions to overcome up against a storm side that, has really looked completely unstoppable since their um, those two early grinds against the uh, Eels and the Panthers. Yeah, and I mean, Harry Grant's probably, you know, part of that, him coming back in. He's won that starting spot now with um, Brandon Smith at lock, which I 
think I think we all sort of think that that's his position moving forward. I think he's almost outgrown that hooker spot. You might not want to admit that. Yeah. But um, with Harry Grant coming in, you know, they just go to another level and Nico Hines is just doing a job for them at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's it's it looks it, it, it's going to be a tough one. I think South's just given it is in Sydney. They're going to put up a much better fight. But it was like 22-0 in round one. If, if Souths don't start very well, then Melbourne could quite easily go on with it. Um but yeah, so I am leaning towards the visitors in this one, but South, you can never really underestimate them, especially where they sit on the ladder. Yeah, I mean, South would be pretty keen to, um, to to extract some revenge for the way that they started the season off, but the, the outs make it really tough for them. The Storm, I mean, you touched on the points they've scored. They've scored 40 or more points in four of their past five games, and the... Um, the, the lower scoring game was a 20 to four domination of the Roosters who were still pretty strong themselves at, at that point. So it's, um, it's some really imposing uh, point scoring from the storm. And, you know, even with, with Pappenhausen out and, and Nico Hines at the back, they've been able to keep that point scoring form going. Isn't it quite scary? I mean, we, we've touched on it previously, but with Cameron Smith, you know, we all thought that he was sort of the one that, um, I guess controlled their, their side, but it's like they've just stripped it back and gone, you know, well, let's just change, let's play to our style and let's suddenly they are throwing the ball a lot more around. I don't know if there's much in that or if you've looked into it, CK, in the last couple of weeks, but um, yeah, they're just putting on points and it's sort, sort of like at ease, you know, which they've never had an issue doing, but I just wonder how much their game plan has really changed since last year or the year before. Do they have a bit more freedom? Is it just the new players in those positions or? Um, yeah, has Craig Bellamy changed anything or he's just let him go? I don't know. But um, yeah, it's definitely an entertaining brand. It's certainly working for them at the moment. So I think that's safe to say uh, two tips for the Storm, although we're both hoping for a, a tight game. Uh, second game of the round, the Panthers and the Sharks out there at uh, Blue Bet Stadium. Panthers, I mean, again, very short favourites. They just look unstoppable. They're, you know, we're starting to talk about when are they ever going to lose a game? And I, I assume neither of us are expecting it to be this week. No, not at all. I think or last week I was, I was out at Bathurst and a little bit nervous when Manly sort of kept kept clawing their way. But, um, you know, Penrith, as much as they might have only been leading at one point by six, they were still well in control of the match. It just felt like they were in second gear and then they were just waiting to put that final exclamation mark on um, on the result, which they, they obviously did. Um, yeah, I mean, Cronulla, I don't think they have a great record at Penrith either, um, travelling out there and, uh, you know, I think... Penrith's just got, you know, they're blessed. They've got no injuries at the moment. Key, key players are just firing up. Coruscant come came back last week, played quite well. I think Kurt Catewell's the only one with a rib concern. But, um, look, when you've got a guy like Liam Martin that can come on and do what he did last week with that nice flick back for, for Stephen Crichton, then you, you're going all right. So, um, yeah, I'm not expecting much to change um, this week against, against the Sharks for Penrith. And what about the Sharks? They get um, Jesse Ramian. Uh, back from injury, Josh Dugan still can't get a start. They've lost Braden Hamlin-Ueli from the pack. I think Fafida might still have a, a weak um, suspension, not that he's been getting used in um, in first grade anyway. They sort of, you know, they were resilient in that first half against Melbourne, but just couldn't go with them in the second half and ended up, you know, on the wrong side of a, a pretty big scoreline uh, at the end of it. And it just seems like, you know, after a little bit of fight, the, um, you know, the season's slipping away with, you know, the, the obviously sacking the coach and Chad Townsend signing elsewhere. I'm wondering where their motivation is going to come from for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's very daunting when it's at round eight. I thought it was quite a thing when, um, you know, Josh Dugan did get dropped as well last week. We, we Will Chambers coming straight in. He's obviously retained his spot. 
as well. Like where, where does it sort of play? A lot of these guys are coming off contract and, you know, Andrew Fafita hasn't fe- featured in first grade all year either. Like is this a year where they just sort of give it up and not give it up, but just say, well, this is just a year of change and we move on to next year without actually officially, you know, coming out and saying it because that just puts such a poor um, mental frame of mind into into the players. But it's just uh, it's one of those things where they just can't seem to, um, I guess, consistently put points on the board. But it, even in times where they, they're still sort of finding that that grit, they're playing with that grit where they've got to just sort of try and express themselves a bit more and, and throw the ball around. I just don't think you get that. Uh, with a guy like Chad Townsend, possibly out at the halfback, with Sean Johnson coming back, that sort of changes it. But he's only a couple of weeks in from his Achilles injury. So um, they're still a fair way off where they need to be if they want to play finals footy. Um, but, yeah, I can't see changing this week. Yeah, no, it's uh, two tips for the Penrith Panthers. Um, we'll move on to uh, the second Friday night game, and I've had a little bit of a, um, a chat about it uh, with Chris Walker already. We haven't really talked about the Eels. Um, Roosters, like we touched on, uh, missing quite a few players through injury. Um, young Sam Walker, who we talked about plenty, uh, doing incredible things for a teenager in the halves. But what about Parramatta? They've had that one hiccup against the Dragons, but looked really strong. Otherwise, um, Isaiah Papali'i, close to the bye of the year, he's kept a, a starting spot with Ryan Madison's return. Sean Lane bumped to the bench. Still missing uh, Wonga Blake from the centres, but Miranda Nyakore filling in uh, pretty well, and I guess mostly steady as she goes for the blue and gold. Yeah, geez, they're looking good, and I put this down again to probably that game leading into Melbourne. They got really up for it, and they? It was at home. I think it was round two or round three, and they just come so, out, yeah. and they, yeah, they got that big win. That's probably... This game coming up now is probably the, the next biggest test. You know, we're right off the roosters. Like, you still look at that lineup, and I know they've, you know, backs against the wall stuff, but with Tedesco coming back, um, the forward pack is still quite good. Like, this is a big test for the Eels, and they're going to grow another leg if they can um, beat them. I think our Bank West obviously helps them in that regard as well. Um, you mentioned Isaiah Papali'i, man, he's just on a level like, um, I think, you know, he could quite possibly stay in starting back row for the rest of the year at this rate. It would not surprise many um, at this point if he does do that and keeps a few guys out. But even someone like Bryce Cartwright, we've spoken about him in the past. He's, um, you know, he's just taken his opportunities and he's finally producing what we thought he could produce, you know, a long time ago. He was at Penrith and showed a glimpse of it at the times, I suppose. I'm wondering if he's um, sort of just found his niche. Like he's not a, a marquee signing. He's not critical to the team's, you know, hopes, but he's able to come on and, um, you know, as long as he's doing, you know, Brad Arthur, I'm sure will be very, very stringent on him getting the fundamentals right and, you know, his first contact in defence and um, getting through some carries. But if he if he can get through that, he's then sort of got the opportunity to, um, you know, play play a bit of footy. You've seen a couple of really nice try assists in the last few weeks. Maybe he's just sort of found the right balance between, I guess, his role in the team and and, and the right sort of environment for him. Yeah, well, maybe now that he is back in Sydney, you know, back out west with his family, you know, possibly there's so many different scenarios that we might not know off-field. He's probably just in a much better place, which is also helping with his footy. But um, I didn't catch too much of that game last week because I was in Bathurst doing post-match stuff. But, um you know, as far as I could tell, the Eels were just basically just picked up where they left off the week before and uh, and rolled on. So but this is obviously a much different test and they will go into the game as favourites, rightfully so, with the Roosters having a few out. But, um, yeah, it's easily probably game of the round. Yeah, me. I mean, uh, the Eels were 
good against the Bulldogs. They didn't really seem to get out of second gear for most of it. They just sort of did what they, they needed to do. They do have a, a terrible record against the Roosters in recent years, even at home. Um, Roosters, I would say, still a, a very strong team, even with all the outs. So I think this is a really tough one to call. I'm probably going to go uh, slightly towards the Eels, but um, like you said, probably match of the round, and this for me could really go either way. Yeah, I think I went Roosters. I'm just thinking now what I put my tips in this morning. Can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I went the Roosters just on that. Um, you know, I think backs against the wall. They've still got a fair few players in that side that, that can uh, put in. And with Teddy back, um, yeah, they're going to test the Roosters defensively, especially they're going to, sorry, test the Eels. Um, defensively, the Roosters have still been outstanding. So I'll see how it goes. The first uh, Saturday game out there at uh, Wagga. Um, the Raiders hosting the Knights. Two teams that... Um, wouldn't be too happy with their, their recent form for, for different reasons. I guess we'll start with the uh, the Raiders. Um, you know, we're not going to get too much into the ructions, but um, obviously, you know, Josh Hodgson standing down from the captaincy, uh, talk of, you know, various levels of, of play discontent. I can't, you know, speak to the, the veracity of all that, but it does, you know, can certainly speak to the on-field being a little bit underwhelming over the past um, month or so. I mean, what do you make of the Raiders at the moment? Geez, I'd hate to be, I'd hate for them to lose that game in Walker, you know. I hate to be the, the losing team this week um, down there. But I think for them, they've just, for me, they haven't got out and gone that extra level this year that we've seen in previous years. Like they, I think they're still going into this games where they think that old methods will still work, um, where they haven't really, um, I guess, you know, reinvented what they're doing. And with and with, uh, with John Bateman leaving last year, I think that's played a big part because he just added a bit of X factor and he was sort of the one that everyone would follow. So, um, you know, Josh Papali backed, obviously, resting him last week. They're looking to fire him up because that's the one that they all go to. So um, it'd be interesting to see how he responds to, to him having a rest last week. And, um, you know, they just need to throw the ball around a bit more and just throw some stuff at the Knights' defence, which we know is quite brittle at times. So, um, look, plenty of opportunity in this one for them to bounce back. And, you know, down in Wagga, which is like a adopted home game for them, you know, they basically have no excuses to try and turn things around down there. Yeah, like you said, Josh Papali'i back uh, this week. George Williams named after uh, pulling out with a hammy complaint in the warm-up last week. That sort of really threw them off in that game. And hammy's usually at least a, a two-week injury. So I mean, maybe it was just a bit of tightness or a bit of cramp rather than an actual tear. But fingers crossed um, he's okay. They take on a, a Knights team that, um, for me, is doing some things well and some things just really poorly at the moment. And I feel like their um, you know, last play options, particularly, it's probably no secret there have really hurt them and um, probably not enough sort of um, strike or, or, or you know game-breaking support for, for Ponga who seems to be plan A, B and C at the moment. They've obviously lost Blake Green to a rib injury so young uh, Phoenix Crossland comes into the side but um, yeah, a bit of disruption isn't going to help them I don't think. No they're looking very very lost at the moment aren't they um, in attack I think for me like Kurt Mann and Blake Green are both very similar guys so when you're throwing it to a guy like Ponga or Bradman Best, you're just throwing it and hoping for the best, um, pardon the pun there. But, uh, you know, I think Phoenix Crossland coming in, like he's a natural halfback. We haven't seen too much of him and he hasn't necessarily done a whole lot in first grade. But him coming in um, as a bit more of an organiser, um, hopefully just adds a bit of spark, a bit of speed. I just think at the moment they're doing everything very sort of half-paced and um, not just doing things at 100 miles an hour or... 
Um, it just feels like defensive lines are right in their face as soon as, you know, somebody gets the ball or um, Kaylin's sort of sweeping on an edge, but not necessarily having enough time to come up with the right decision. So, um, look, I think even too that their back five aren't making much territory out of yardage and that's putting pressure on the kickers and um, they've got they've got a few problems happening. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is I think with Heimel Hunt coming back, he, he's a bit better, you know, ball carrier out of their half. And, um, you know, if those forwards can just sort of get on a roll, then hopefully someone like a Kurt Mann or Phoenix Crossland can, can add to the Ponga because it's just becoming a bit too predictable for me for the Knights. They, with their attack, if he doesn't fire, then they don't fire and that's not what it should be about. Yeah, you talk about the um, the back five not making enough metres to give a platform to their kickers. I was wondering if it's a bit both ways, that the kickers are, are doing a, a poor job, which is then means that all the backs are sort of coming off their own line with a wall of defenders in their face. And then because the backs aren't making much yardage and the kickers have got defenders rushing up on them in their own 30 when they're trying to get the ball away. And it's sort of a, a self-repeating problem that or a cascading problem, I guess, where one exacerbates the other. Yeah, 100%. It's it's a mixture of a whole lot of things, you know, one and if their forward packs on, the outside backs aren't converting that over and, you know, last week we just saw the forwards weren't on at all and basically the Roosters were making 60 metres off every set, you know, up up the up the guts of it. So, um yeah, look, they've got they've got some issues, but um you know, nothing I don't think that they they don't know themselves and I'm I'm interested to see how they respond. Um in saying that, I have gone for the the green machine to bounce back and snap that four game losing streak with a, with a win this week. Yeah, I found this a really, really hard game to tip. I've also gone for the green machine. Just I feel like that roster's too good not to come good at some point. But um, yeah, they do seem to have some um, you know, some slightly deeper problems than than what we're seeing. But um, two uh, hesitant tips for uh, for Canberra uh, in this one. So we'll just touch on quickly the West Tigers and the Titans at Campbelltown Stadiums. We already talked about it uh, a little bit, but um, Tigers, like we said, coming off an impressive win. Titans uh, in a little bit of a slump, conceding a lot of points the last few weeks. Obviously, that huge comeback from the Broncos last week their defence um, really starting to look a bit fragile what do you make of this contest yeah geez it could go anyway couldn't it you just don't know what what team's going to show up like quite literally um the Titans last week 22 nil up and then to just butcher that like that's they just look shell-shocked um and the Tigers you know finally we saw some uh some grit that we we've been look like searching for um with them so um, back at Campbelltown, Titans don't really travel away that well. Um, I'm expecting the Tigers to to make it two in a row, which is, uh, I don't know if that, that's a bit premature or what, but, yeah, I just think that they've got enough to to, uh, to continue on. Zach Sini, by the way. What yeah, a man. How good. How good. <laughs> the ginger mullet. Yeah. You know, I think all these mates that they, you know, that's a memory that he'll have for for a lifetime. All these mates up there at Wollongong, um, you know, cheering in the stands, and um, he retains his spot this week. Um, yeah, I guess there's probably no choice with, um, you know, Robert's still out, um, you know, Talao suspended he, and given his form as well. I don't think there's any chance of him not playing this week. I've actually gone the other way. I've tipped the Titans. Um, clearly not with any great confidence, but I just, I find that the Tigers tend to struggle to back up good efforts week on week. And I wonder if the, um, you know, the high of that impressive performance last week, they might struggle to to produce that back-to-back this week. The, the Titans, 
I mean, they get big Tino Fasua Malawi back, uh, which will bolster the pack. It allows um, Mo Fodawaka to go back to the bench where he was, um, you know, earlier in the season, really adding some some impact. I don't think, you know, we haven't seen David Fafita kept quite two weeks in a row. He's had a couple of quiet games this year, but never never back-to-back, and he was well-contained by the Broncos. So um, I kind of I foresee a little bit of a response from the Titans. I don't see them conceding another 36 or 40 points like they have been in recent years. So, um, yeah, certainly with no confidence, but I'll lean towards the um, the Titans. Um, the uh, the last Saturday game we have also talked about, obviously with Chris, but just quickly the um, the Cowboys three straight wins before that uh, close loss to the Warriors last week. Broncos, as we just discussed, a huge comeback against the Titans. Always a good derby between these two. What are your key um, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean that you know this matchup a month ago would have been absolutely terrible for those up in North Queensland, but um, both sides have shown a bit of form since then. Um, Cowboys last week bit opposite the Titans. They just you know let the Warriors get out to such a big lead and almost reeled it in, which is what they obviously did against the Raiders the week before, where you can't be given up a lead like that in the NRL every week. Um, I've leaned towards the, uh, the, sorry, the Cowboys in this one, uh, but again, with no great confidence, the Queensland Derby, um, Brisbane have shown, um, you know, that they can, they've, they've improved in the last couple of weeks, but, um, you know, last week's win over the Titans, they could have quite easily lost, you know, set by 70 that week, but they've, they just turned it around. So, Milford looks like he's, uh, you know, he's had his little stint in reserve grade and he uh, he hit back. Tyson Gamble was very, very good for them last week. Just added that mongrel that they've probably missed. Um, yeah, but I think Cowboys uh, will, will respond on home turf and, uh, you know, I'm expecting it to be by, you know, the smallest of margins with Jake Clifford back in the side. Uh, he might just kick a field goal to win. Yeah, well, Ben Hampton, a bit of a loss for them. He's um, traditionally a number seven. He's played, you know, full wax, centre, five-eighth, um, you know, hooker, but um, was doing pretty well as uh, the little game manager there. Unfortunately, set to miss uh, some footy with a peck injury. But like you said, Jake Clifford uh, back into the, the first-grade side. On, on another game, I really struggled to um, to find a winner. The, the Broncos, so impressive uh, the last 50 or 60 minutes, that game against the Titans. A lot of points in them once, um, you know, the two halves got their, their tails up and Jermaine Ozarka after a dusty start was absolutely unstoppable. You know, Pangai um, devastating on an edge where he's been pretty good the, the past month or so. So looking forward to a good clash in this one. Um, I will uh, I'll lean towards the home team, but um, yeah, like you said, I'm anticipating it being a close one, potentially a late field goal to seal it. Sunday footy kicks off uh, the Seagulls and the Warriors at 2pm at Lotto Land, only a month uh, since the Manly side got off their 2021 duck with a, a one-point win over the Warriors uh, up at Gosford. What are you expecting from this one? Well, 10 years since the 2011 Grand Final, so I think they're celebrating it at, at uh, Lotto Land or Brookie, as we all know it. Um, Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans, the only players left in that, that side, so that's a pretty cool stat. Um, Look, mainly last week against Penrith were, were quite promising. You know, they tested them the whole way. They just sort of lacked those pivotal key moments that Penrith just capitalised. They made a small error or um, I think they had about five shots on uh, Penrith's line just couldn't come up with a point. But again, you sort of put that down to Penrith's defence as well. So I think they take a lot of confidence out of that um, that result despite losing. Um, Josh Alley out for three months is a massive blow, though. So they need Huge, to yeah. Yeah, fill a gap there. Um, their forward pack's almost, you know, hardly, you can't really recognise it these days. Um, Moses Sully's on a bench as well in Cade Cust. expect a bit of a late change there by Des. But, um, you know, the Warriors, they're in a pretty similar boat injury wise. But I thought Reese Walsh last week um, really gelled well with Cody Nicarima, probably had one of his best 
three games of the year. Um, and, you know, there's, there's just something to like about the Warriors. I think I feel like they're, we sort of, I felt like they almost got lost last year in that they were just there to survive. Whereas this year, I feel like they're playing a lot more comfortable with what they're doing off the field. And then that's translating on the field. They're actually, you know, they want, they want to be here and be in this competition. And um, it's, uh, it's quite evident in the way that they're playing. Yeah, well, uh, Manly, like you said, Aloe out. Uh, Martin Tapao missing for a week with a, a head knock. Their, their forward pack looking a little bit skinny at the moment, although the Warriors, obviously, with Ben Murdoch Masila um, also out for a, a week with a head knock alongside you know, Adam Fanua Blake long term. They're, they're missing their fair share of cattle as well. Um, what do you think they do when Chanel Harris Tavita? Is available obviously in the reserves list this week. He's their, um, you know, their their first choice number seven. You'd have to think he comes back into the starting side. Does that relegate Reese Walsh to to the bench or to the back line, or does you know he's only eighteen? He's got plenty of footy ahead of him. They, they obviously need him next year to play fullback. Do they potentially just put him back into cup to to work on his defensive game at fullback for a, a few weeks and see how he goes back there? there are plenty of options. Yeah, there is. I think it all depends on, I guess, we know the Warriors outside backs, you know, there's a lot of injuries in that back line. Um, I, I suppose, you know, if they are a bit short, they could easily pop him back there and, and bring Chanel back. But um, for me, I think he stays, you know, he, he came down from the Broncos probably with a bit of a promise. Yes, he'll definitely play a bit of first grade this year. Um, last week against the Cowboys, um, I think he was the only one that was kicking, maybe 15 of 16 kicks all came from him and he just could create something out of nothing. Thing, which is, uh, you know, something that the Warriors need at this point, especially Nikarima, who can do the same, but just not at that consistent level. Um, so, yeah, I'd be keeping those two as the combination and then, you know, have Chanel coming off the bench for now. And also, I'm not sure where he is with his rehab, but um, you'd think he'd be need a little bit of time himself to get back into it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, suddenly it's a nice headache to have because the Warriors um, have struggled a little bit with injuries in the last couple of months uh, to start this season. Finish us off with a tip. Uh, I went with Manly. Um, I think yeah, after last week, they uh, they showed enough to, to show me that they'll uh, bounce back. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with their um, resilience against Panthers last week. So I'll take Manly as well. Final game of the round, the Dragons and the Bulldogs at Netstrider Jubilee Stadium. Dragons, um, really impressive earlier in the year, but have tailed off uh, a little bit. Um, Bulldogs obviously, um, you know, had that one morale boosting win, but haven't shown a, a whole lot of threat to the other sides um, outside of that. What are you, um, you know, what are your key takeouts for this one? I thought the Dragons had everything to play for last week, you know, back at Wollongong and uh, against the Tiger side that, yes, was hungry, but, um, you know, they would have known that, knowing that, that they needed a win. Um, and coming off the Anzac game, I thought that the Dragons, you know, would have put in a much better performance than what they did. But I think once Zach Lomax went down and, couple of things went against them they just didn't really show much resilience to to uh to find the points and want to they didn't really want to put much pressure on the tires they just wanted to play footy without you know throw the ball around without actually um setting anything up in, in the lead up so um yeah suddenly you know all their good work that they've done to start the year is has uh gone downhill again because they've you know they're back to probably where we thought they would be they'd jag a couple of wins but they also um put in some some pretty bad performances. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got enough leadership there um, to, to bounce back, but uh, they're not making life easy for themselves at, at this point uh, against the Bulldogs side that, you know, I think it's frustrating because they can put in that big effort last, uh, the week before when they got that win um, against Cronulla and then bounce back with, with this sort of result against the Eels. They, they, uh, 
you know, it's, it's just hot and cold. Both sides, basically, just a lot of inconsistency about them. Missing a lot of uh, backline players at the moment. Obviously, like you said, Lomax out with a, a thumb injury, set to be sidelined for looks like at least a month. Uh, Ravalara Pereira both suspended. Cody Ramsey names, but um, went off with a rib injury last week, so has to still be in doubt. So a little bit of a, a green backline there. Tyrell Formayono, who's been playing lock for them, goes into the um, the centres where he played uh, a fair bit through the the juniors. Um, you know, it's they're probably a little bit vulnerable. I don't know if I could go so far as to tip Canterbury, but um, it's not the strongest Dragons team we've seen this year. Yeah, and that's probably why, you know, that was good that they did jag those wins when they did because suddenly the injuries are coming in. You know, we're coming into origin period. They might have a couple um, missing through that as well. So um, it's important that they sort of jag this win this week against the Bulldogs and then on to next week um, leading into a period where it's only going to get a bit tougher for them. Um, and then hopefully, you know, they get a few backline guys back. But um, it's, it's up to those leadership dudes like um, Corey Norman, Ben Hunt, Andrew McCulloch, um, that they're the ones that you want to stand up. And I thought Tarek Sims has been a little bit down as well in the last couple of weeks. I'm expecting him to sort of lift his game a little bit. And um, Josh McGuire still on the dark. I don't think he's won a game in how long? Do we know the start? It's, it's certainly uh, not this year. Yeah, certainly not this year. So, um, you know, he'll, he'll be wanting to turn things around uh, the club that he just moved to. What about the Bulldogs? Obviously still sitting in uh, last place despite that win uh, over the Sharks uh, a few weeks ago. The Eels, uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, didn't really get out of second gear in putting 30 on them. They um, it's, it's very much a, a rebuilding year, but fans be hoping to see a bit more from them week to week than what they are at the moment as well. Yeah, and I think we will. I mean, coming up against the Eels alone, it was probably quite an intimidating, you know, prospect. And after the high that they were on the week before, they, they've just blown up for it. You know, clearly, as you say, the Eels are in second gear and um, were no match um, for the Bulldogs. I, th- I just thought, like, you know, up, up front is obviously, you know, the biggest strength and their, their back line. I think they're, sorry, their back row. I think they desperately miss um, Josh Jackson once he comes back in that, that forward pack and can, you know, just tighten things up. But they're without him again for another week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's slow. We, we've said this all along. It's going to be a slow burn for them to take the positives when you can. Um, and, and they've beaten the Dragons several times, you know, as, a, as an underrated side going into a match. Um in the last couple of years. So I wouldn't rule them out, but um, I just think the Dragons on this occasion will have too much. I'm, uh, I'm tipping the Dragons as well. That's all we've got time for on our Round 9 preview podcast. Our thanks once again to uh, Chris Walker for joining us and uh, congratulations to him on an excellent cause um, for his fundraiser. Um, Alicia, thank you for being here and uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week to preview Round 10. Mm-hmm.